afternoon. Welcome back to the show. Nice to hear a little Canadian music as we get set for the Junos happening this weekend. The weekend, of course, nominated one of Canada's biggest stars. With the Junos right around the corner, it's causing us to look a little closer at the Canadian music landscape. And this has to do with Bill C-11, or it's also known as Canada's Broadcast Act. So this is set to become law. It's had three readings in the Senate. It's going to be put before the House of Commons. It's going to pass. But the details of it, the really fine details, could change, especially when it comes to the treatment of Canadian artists and Canadian music. So this really will regulate streaming services. I think Netflix, Disney Plus, Spotify, all of them. There's going to be regulations on all other forms, or there's, excuse me, there's been regulations on all other forms of media for decades, which kind of mandates how much Canadian content needs to be part of programming. So this is going to extend that onto those streaming platforms. But is it going to be fair for Canadian artists? We're going to get into it right now with the, the Associate Professor, Professor excuse me, professor, I don't think that's a profession, the Associate Professor of Popular Music and Media Studies at the Department of Music at the University of Alberta. Brian Fata is joining me. Brian, good afternoon. Thanks so much for making the time. Yeah, of course. Good afternoon. So, Brian, let's just talk a little bit about what it is that Canadian artists uh, are, are facing right now in terms of treatment under the, the current regulations that exist. Do you feel that they're, they're treated fairly or unfairly? And how does this tie into Bill C-11? Well, I think that, as you kind of mentioned in the um, lead-up to this, there are regulations in place for a number of um, you know, forms of media, whether that's radio or um, satellite radio has been one outlet that was kind of regulated recently in the new media age, and it's been something that's ended up being immensely profitable for Canadian artists through sound exchange royalties. Um, but of course, now we're looking at how these regulations can or you know might be applied to uh, streaming content. And a lot of our research over the last ten years or so has been looking into the place of Canadian music in streaming media, and we've seen a, a significant you know, decrease in the number of Canadian artists that tend to fare well in in uh, streaming music. They've been massively successful, like The Weeknd, who you were just playing before. Mm-hmm. The Weeknd and Justin Bieber and Drake have been kind of the top three artists that have done well in streaming. Um, but they've kind of commanded like 40 to 45 percent of charting songs um, since we've kind of moved into the streaming era, whereas before streaming in kind of the 90s when radio and record sales were kind of the, the dominant means of, of kind of consuming music, a place where Canadian content regulations have been more influential. The top three artists at that time were commanding about 5 to 10% of that, um, those kind of charting songs. So wow. we're really seeing a shrinking uh, number of artists who are faring well in, in this environment. And of course, only a handful of, of companies that really, you know, are, are the ones that we use to listen to music now. You know, your Spotify, Apple Music, um, YouTube Music to some extent. So, you know, there is an issue here that um, is worth looking at. So what what does that have to do with? Does that does that have to do with the fact that the artists that you just named, for example, Bieber, Drake, The Weeknd, they're using... Um, more American producers and that's giving them a, a different kind of edge? Is it because of an algorithm situation where they're being exposed to us more? What does this have to do with that they are being the ones presented and and consumed the most and other artists aren't? I think it, it is something that has to do with the you know, logic of algorithms and the fact that you have, you know, a lot of what we're looking at is 
kind of the consolidation across the media industries and, and that plays out really heavily in, in the music industry with record labels. We've kind of gone from there being a big five to four and now it's down to three with mergers and they, you know, end up giving most of their catalog to a handful of, of tech companies now. And the way that kind of like a lot of the algorithm details are hidden in a black box and you can't really, you know, from the outside, from outside of the companies that, um, you know, run these algorithms, there's very little we can tell about how they actually run, but they tend to kind of build on the success of, you know, what people are kind of consuming heavily and listening to in the moment. So if you have a lot of you know, resources behind a big album release, like a, you know, by a Drake or a Beyonce or what have you, it really tends to drive those songs across into other places and it kind of perpetuates the success of a few artists typically and then you have certain genres and sounds that you know have just fared a little bit better in streaming kind of thinking about putting on music for background listening and letting it kind of run and, and let the playlist run there's there's a lot more um listening to kind of like laid back um, relaxed sounds, these sorts of things. Mm. And there's a lot of genres like, you know, maybe metal or things that are a little bit more um, niche or heavier or louder that that don't always do as well, unless maybe they get on like a workout playlist or something like that. Hmm. So when it comes to the changes that are being made then, Brian, to, to Bill C-11, which is going to regulate these streaming services and hopefully create a, a fair landscape then for Canadian content. I mean, on its surface, it looks like it's giving Canadian artists a fair shake. Is it as simple as that? Well, I think that, like, you know, there's a lot of debate around this this bill, and I think it's because it spills into so many aspects of cultural production, right? There's a lot of discussion about everyday user-generated content on YouTube mm-hmm. and streaming services like Netflix. Like, every type of media now is kind of coming under this bill, whereas before it was kind of done for distinct entities, right? Like, you come up with your CanCon and your Maple system for defining music on the radio, and, and even that was highly contentious when it was introduced. There was broadcasters that wanted nothing to do with that in the early 1970s because there weren't records being produced in Canada of, you know, a high enough caliber for on-air play. But then through regulations, but also things like labels investing in pressing plants and infrastructure growing in the country, you get a pretty solid domestic record industry and music industry by the end of the 70s into the 1980s. So it's weird to have everything falling under this one bill now. And I think that that really requires a thorough and careful process. And it requires hearing from creators from a wide variety of sectors. So it's a very unruling and sprawling bill. And our focus is on music. And we've identified certainly some problems that something like, you know, regulation for Canadian content in the digital age could have some benefits, whether it's through, you know, streaming companies paying into Canadian content development funds like big broadcasters do, and that ends up funding factor grants and Community Radio Fund of Canada, which has been very influential to 
many artists' careers, like when we've interviewed tons of musicians, the grant process is really what helps get them going, get mm. those first albums going, helps them to build their careers. So that's one avenue. You know, we're not totally opposed to thinking how algorithms may have some flexibility, whether it's, you know, hardwired in or maybe through users being able to tailor, you know, what they want to hear. If they want to listen to things that are more local or regional or Canadian, I don't see that being a big problem, given that there already is bias written into algorithms. Right. It's not this neutral thing anymore. So we see it as a potential to look at these issues critically and, and potentially find some solutions. Um, but we also recognize that it's such a big sprawling build too. And it's the sort of thing that requires a lot of debate and a lot of input to get right. Yeah, and that debate rages on with some people thinking that the way that the language is outlined in that bill, it could it could create this sort of two-tiered system, which would essentially mean that Canadian broadcasters are being held to higher standards and maybe and maybe limiting the exposure of Canadian artists. So there's still a lot to debate. It, it will pass. It will go through. Uh, but we'll see exactly what it's going to look like for those Canadian content producers. Brian, thank you so much for making the time. Really appreciate it. Of course. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Brian Fitta is an associate professor of popular music and media studies at the Department of Music right here at the University of Alberta.